This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me talking linebackers in this episode. This is the seventh eighth installment of our position preview series that we've been doing and and obviously we have the written stories over at the michiganinsider.com michigan.247sports.com but yeah we've been going position group by position group previewing the biggest strengths question marks if there's a position battle we'll talk about that x-factor players stats that we're watching and then make bold predictions for each room linebacker room it's going to be a pretty experienced room and, and probably deeper than in years past Junior Colson is back. Michael Barrett is back. They brought in Ernest Hausman, who was eighth among Power Five defenders and tackles last season. You know, all their most of their backups, I should say, are back. Thinking about Jaden Hood, we'll talk about him, I'm sure. Uh, Jimmy Rolder, Micah Pollard, so on and so forth. And then they brought in uh, what a four four linebacker recruiting class. So a little bit deeper than usual. To me, the biggest strength of this room, though, is especially at the top. I, it, it, to me, it's tackling, and I think sometimes that gets overlooked as an asset by by fans. You know, people want to see the sacks, they want to see the the interceptions, the pass breakups on defense, they want to see you know the havoc plays, and and that, that certainly I think Michigan's room could improve overall in that area. But this room makes a lot of tackles. Junior Colson, he had 101 tackles last season, but he also actually led all Big Ten linebackers or, or defenders, I should say, in, in tackle rate last season. Uh, he did not miss a lot of tackles. I think he missed seven. But when you have 101, you know, that's a pretty low percentage. I think Michael Barrett really impressed me throughout the season. He seemed to get better and better as a tackler. And then Ernest Hausman, I just mentioned, eighth among Power 5 freshmen in tackles last season. So this is a group that uh, physicality is not a concern. Contact, courage. Not a concern. Open wrapping up in the open field, not really a concern. So I I think they're going to get involved in a lot of plays. They have a uh, good nose for the football, but you know, so, sometimes that can really unravel a team. Is you know miss tackles in the open field or linebackers missing tackles. I mean suddenly those those shorter plays can become big plays and they can become back breaking plays or game ending plays. You know this linebacker room. There's certainly I think every linebacker on Michigan's team would say that they have things that they want to improve, but tackling, I think it's a, is a collective strength for this room. Steve, what's the biggest strength you see in this linebacker room? Uh, there's a lot of experience at the top with Barrett and Colson, right? I mean, Michael Barrett is kind of in that under, like, is he rated? You know, we've talked about the underrated overrated. I think, Michael Barrett finally starting to kind of get his due as a, as a really quality player at the linebacker position. Junior Colson uh, getting a lot of preseason accolades has played a ton in his first two years, uh, but I think Michigan believes he can do more uh, and can have a, a a bigger year than he had last year. I think there's a little bit of, like I said, a little bit of inconsistency there. 
in certain areas. And uh, so I think Michigan has big expectations for him. But, you know, your top two guys have played a ton of snaps and have played, what, in two playoff games now, two Big Ten championship games. They've won two Big Ten championships. So, you know, at the very top of the depth chart, you know, I think you like having guys who have been there. Uh, But not just been there. I mean, again, specifically with Colson, who I think can be really is a guy, if he plays at the level I think Michigan believes he's capable of, uh, he'll be, he could be all big 10 and, and maybe even more. Right. I mean, he's had some expectations since he's been here. Uh, but I think, again, I think Michigan has probably higher expectations for him than, than anybody does. So, you know, but I did, I just like the experience at the top specifically because there are definitely some question marks at the position as well. Yeah, there, there are, there are. And I, I will say, you know, linebacker was one position where I, I do all these, in-depth position group previews that I write. And this was one position where I'm like, oh, there's definitely not, not, uh, it's not a weak point, but there's definitely room for this, for this group to improve. And I think one area that can be found is, is uh, biggest question mark for me. Can this linebacker room be disruptive enough? You know, we can talk about Colson, Barrett, Houseman, 227 tackles in 37 combined games last year. Uh, That's, that's, really good you know to have back for another season to have kind of guys who are fast who are physical um who know what they're doing on the football field you know i think that's that's really significant but combined they only had 13 combined tackles for loss and sacks they had only two forced turnovers and four pass breakups that's a you know they call them havoc plays that's a really low rate for 227 tackles um to have just 19 such plays. I mean, there are some linebackers, granted, they're really good ones, but there are some linebackers who have that many Havoc plays on their own. You know, I think Devin Bush was someone who was who was in that neighborhood on his own when he was at Michigan. So I think I think that's a big question mark for me. Is It's, it's probably going to be my stat to watch, too. But, yeah, can they, can this group be disruptive enough? You know, I think it's, it's one thing to make a lot of tackles in that second line level to make those open field tackles it's another thing to be bursting through the line of scrimmage and and making you know bringing down the quarterback or stuffing the running back at the line or in in coverage you know you're, you're getting your hand on the ball you're not just holding them to a five-yard gain you're you're taking around taking out the entire route so I do think that's that's probably the next step for me I do think coverage I think Michael Barrett was really good in coverage which makes sense he's a former safety slash viper but, you know, Junior Colson, Ernest Houseman, they allowed 50 receptions on 58 targets last season uh, for 478 yards. And they had one combined pass breakup, one pass breakup to 50 receptions allowed. Uh, room to improve. And I think you would agree with me. I think talent-wise, you know, it's not like this is just something that they can't be good at. No, talent-wise, they they can and arguably should be a lot better than they were last season in coverage and then overall disruption. So that, to me, is the biggest question mark. Steve, what's your biggest question mark for this room? Kind of goes back, I think, consistency, just in general. And not just from a pass coverage standpoint. I just think, you know, I, I hate to use, like, I'm not picking on Colson. He still had a good year, but just play reading ability, diagnosing, just there was a lot of inconsistencies at the linebacker spot last season, right? I think that's something 
again, there's there is upside there for sure. And but Chris Partridge definitely walking into a spot where there's some challenge for sure. So um, you know, I just think it's strictly consistency on a play to play on a play-by-play basis with them, uh, particularly again, talk about the experience at the top, but also, you know, there are a lot of opportunities for them to make more plays uh, and, and have missed on some plays that maybe they should have made throughout the season last year, despite, you know, still having one of the best defenses in the country. I think that this is probably the room. Uh, not It's not the worst room on the team. I did my position group power rankings. They were not, at the bottom, I think just the experience of Colson and Barrett alone, as well as actually the experience of Houseman. I mean, I know there's it, it will his sophomore season will look different than his freshman season, but like he was a starter for a Big Ten team last year as a true freshman. So, you know, there's there. I think the floor is fairly high, but I think I think there is a ceiling uh, that they can still get to if if they can be more disruptive, as you said, more consistent. And yeah, just elevate their games. I think there's a lot of talent in this room, um, but I do think that there is there is another level that they can reach. We're going to hit a quick break and start looking at how they can get to that other level. We'll talk about X-Factor players to watch, stat to watch, and then make our bold predictions for the room. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
And we're back. Thanks for waiting. Talking linebackers in the linebacker position group preview episode. Steve, who's an X factor player for you to watch and for, I guess, the rest of us to watch in maybe the first few weeks of the season uh, that, that could play a surprise role this fall? I mean, it's got to be Jaden Hood, right? Is, is yeah, the I feel like that was a gimme, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't, and I know I went first, so I'm sorry, but I think I think I'd posted on the board last week that his emergence was more was more than just a couple sound bites in a press conference you know I mean wasn't he one of the players made available this week right I mean if that doesn't tell you that Michigan you're subscribing to availability theory but I I think I always have haven't I I don't think I've ever denied availability I think that's okay no I don't think you were ever a hater of it but no no I've been been saying this since I first started the job you know that's that's your your spot (laughs) yeah you're spot on like I, I would I would never disagree with that I mean there's there's a reason they put you know some guys out and then others don't you know but particularly, yeah, it does. It, it it really, I think, even more than just strictly availability. I think availability theory plays into how legit, like a sleeper candidate or an emerging candidate might be, right? Yes. Like Lighthood, yep. because he's a guy that's not had any experience with the media thus far in his career, and so the fact they put him out there means, you know, they're they're giving it. They want him to get some experience, you know that that. So that yeah, I, I totally agree with availability theory. Either way. Michigan likes Hood's athleticism at that spot. And I can't say enough props to to Jaden Hood, too, by the way, for, you know, I think I think he was a guy that many had chalked up as a potential transfer candidate because he wasn't playing a ton. Uh, You know, Michigan brought in Ernest Hausman, who I'm sure we'll still discuss here. You know, just it just kind of felt like you you weren't Jimmy Rolder played more snaps than he did than Hood did last year. You know, it just kind of felt like he was getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. So props to him for sticking it through and and really looking like he's making a, a big opportunity for himself this season. But, I mean, he's definitely the guy I'll be looking at. I love seeing guys like him emerge uh, at the – I mean, it's not that late in his career, but it's not early either. He's kind it of is like, crazy, I, though. The transfer portal accelerates that clock. It does. Yeah, he's a third-year guy. Yeah. So you, yeah, right. Yeah. It feels like it does feel like he's been there longer. Uh, but either way, you know, just nice to see guys like that. I don't know. I mean, well, let's just be honest, work their way back up or up the depth chart because again, Roller played more snaps than he did last year. Right now, I think at linebacker, if I was guessing, it's, it's Colson, Barrett, Houseman, Hood, then Roller probably, you know, as your one through five. So and and Hood was not number four last season. Last season he was seventh in the in linebacker snaps. room in snaps. Right. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, if that doesn't tell you, a maybe and again, could be the coaching change. I my my philosophy, my belief is always it's it's always a combination of things. So I'm assuming a combination of maybe vibing better with your position coach and some urgency you know, type deal and just some plain old hard work. So he'll, he'll be the one I'm watching. Cause like, I assume Michigan's, they want, you know, we talk about their question marks in this room. I do think depth is possibly one of them. So if he, if his emergence, if he can become a reliable guy for them, that would be huge for Michigan, like really, really big because they do, they need a fourth and fifth guy that they can rely on at linebacker. Um, it's along with corner. I, I I just, I felt like it's that position that it's, 
it is only an injury away from being potential danger zone, right? So if if a guy like Jaden Hood can come in and pass guys who have taken a lot more snaps than he is or than he has, you know, I think that's nothing but good news for the for the room as a whole. Yeah, he's probably I'm trying to think if there's anyone else who has risen up the depth chart at their respective position more than Jaden Hood has this fall camp. And and he started to in the spring. I mean, he he did have seven tackles in the spring game. Um, I think that was first on his team, trailed only Ernest Hausman, I believe, on overall. So, you know, it's not a you know, he started it in the in the winter and the spring, but I think you know, at some point, I'll probably do a story of the biggest fall camp risers. He's probably topping that list because, yeah, he went from kind of a name I throw in there in the in the mix section of my depth chart to, as you mentioned, potentially the number four linebacker to start the season. So props to him. I will say also props to Chris Partridge because I think I, my understanding is that he, you know, when you get a new assistant coach, Obviously, there's always like sorts of like different blind spots or whatever. But but, you know, to to hear that Jaden Hood put in this work and put himself in position to to not just play, but you know, playing meaningful snaps. That tells me that Chris Partridge was really open minded and really connected. I don't know, got his motive, kept him motivated, kept him engaged and put him at least in part. And Jaden had to do the work, but, you know, put him in position where you know, he felt like his hard work could pay off. And and I think it really, it only benefits Michigan, right? You know, there's no, to have another guy step up, to have more depth around them, because I think depth was a huge weak point at linebacker last season. And it, and it started to show later on in the year. I, I felt like it really showed in the last half of the season, I suppose. And I think this year, they more depth is more depth. I'm sure they would love, you know, and for their entire room to be fall camp risers, but but it does feel like Michigan feels better about the depth at linebacker this year. Uh, Stats to watch. I'm not going to add a ton to it, but I think the havoc rate is one. Last year, Barrett, Colson, and Hausman had a combined havoc rate. So havoc plays are tackles for loss, forced turnovers, pass breakups. Their havoc rate was 8.37%. So 8.37% of their overall plays. By comparison, Ohio State's top trio was 14.8%. Penn State's top three was at 23.5%, which is really high. Part of why they're getting a lot of preseason love, that linebacker room. Georgia, probably the most comparable defense to Michigan in terms of a really good stout defensive line. They have the edge. They have cornerbacks and safety. So the linebackers don't have quite as much pressure to create havoc. But even Georgia was at uh, 17.9%. So, yeah, you look around at other top 10 linebackers, backer rooms that's the next step for Michigan is getting from 8.37 percent to I think I think 12 percent is maybe a good benchmark if we're actually tracking the stat throughout the season you know mid midway through the season that might be something that I look at and say okay is this linebacker room performing the way that it could be uh, that's probably that next step Steve bold prediction for this room I'm actually going to go first because I, I I feel decently good about this one. I, I, I'm sure all of mine will come true. But this one, I, I put some research in. I, I said, Junior Colson sets the Harbaugh-era single-season tackle record and flirts with Michigan's 21st century single-season tackle records. So reason it's 21st century and Harbaugh-era, there used to be a time in the 70s and 80s where 
you know, there'd be players who average, get 140 tackles in a game. And in 10 seasons from 75 to 84, Michigan had 10 players exceed 125 tackles in a season. Since then, Sam Sword in 1998 was the only player to reach that benchmark. But 21st century, Jonas Mouton is the single season tackle leader with 117. So that's the that's the 21st century record. The Harbaugh era record is Ben Gideon with 107 in 2016. Colson, he when he came in as a true freshman, 60, what, 62, 61 tackles, most by a true freshman by a mile, by two dozen in a decade. And then year two, he has 101 tackles. You know, I, I we can talk about the havoc rate, but there is a strength in being a linebacker who can get triple digit tackles when you're a sophomore, you know, and, and an underclassman and already having 160 plus tackles. I think he gets the triple digits again this year. I think that he passes Ben Gideon's 107. And I think he's somewhere in that 107 to 120 range. Uh, which would flirt with that 21st century records. So I'm expecting him. I mean, you know, overall, I think I think he is going to just continue to build. I, I think there is the potential for him to become a top 100 NFL draft pick, maybe even uh, you know top 50 NFL draft pick if he can get you know clean up his coverage, get some havoc plays. But at the same time, he doesn't miss tackles. He's fast. He knows how to get to the ball. And he's only getting smarter and stronger as a football player. So I expect him to have a good season. I don't know where he'll rank in the all Big Ten or all American stuff like that. But I, I do think he's in for another triple digit tackle season. I think he'll be a fan favorite. I think he's he's a very fun, likable player uh, who has done nothing but produce in the tackle department since he got to Michigan. Steve, you got a bold prediction for this linebacker room? I mean, I gotta stick with Colson. I, I think Colson enters I just so my belief is I think Michigan feels like a lot of the issues that Colson had last year are very fixable. So I'm buying on Junior Colson this season. Uh again, he's been productive. I don't think that's the issue. I think I think maybe more than I I just say it this way, I guess maybe more than almost any other player on Michigan's roster, I believe Michigan thinks like that he's a guy that can still be so much better than what he's already shown. And like I said, I think they think a lot of the stuff is pretty fixable for him. So I think he enters All-American conversation by the end of the year. Uh, if he has the production that you mentioned, and to be fair, he does have the benefit of some nice preseason accolades, too. That always helps with your eventual postseason stuff. Yeah, Because these voters are not watching every game, but they are watching a lot of Michigan games. Right. And he's still pretty good. That helps, too. Yeah. Don't want to sound too harsh on how he's play again like I think it's just an expectations thing where I think Michigan really I think Michigan I think they think he is a first team all-American caliber player when he's playing at his at the level they think he can is he end up first team I don't know about that that's impossible to predict at a position like linebacker I just think he's in the conversation which I think is and I think he's legit I think he's in the conversation from a statistical and just perspective standpoint but I also think when we sit down throughout the season and and discuss, maybe discuss his play that I think that he's playing at that type of level by the end of the year. So, you know, and again, it's a position where Michigan could really, that'd be massive for Michigan to, to get elite play out of that, out of any of their linebackers. Cause it's another spot where if you have an elite guy, it can really help the other guys around him. So, so yeah, we didn't mention Ernest Houseman at all. Like, should we just touch on him real quick just to kind of, yeah, yeah he, is think... the, he is the third linebacker, right? 
I, and he was very, we didn't play a role in 24-7's transfer portal rankings, but he was the number one transfer in the Big Ten, you know, top five overall transfer. And I think I think there's a little bit of an eye on his long-term potential yes. just because he's going to be at Michigan for two years with that at least. Uh, um, so I think that was a, a played a role just because he was a rising sophomore. But yeah, tackling machine. Uh, I know Nebraska wasn't particularly good, but I mean, he, he hits hard. And feels like he has all the athletic tools to have a Colson-like season when when he eventually gets a starting. I because I like that was my it's been a big it's been a big point of contention on our just lovely amazing message board. My com I had wrote, written an insider deal I don't know a month or two ago, saying that you know the expectations needed to be tempered a little bit here, and I think it was sort of misconstrued a little bit. Uh, my 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 angle on it was that yeah he was the fourth overall ranked transfer in the country of all the we've talked a lot about Michigan's transfer situation and, and the guys they brought in and guys who were going to make an impact right away and he's ranked well I think I think Ladarius Henderson's the 18th is the closest and Michigan does not have another guy in the top 50 and we've talked about guys like Drake Nugent James Turner uh, Josiah Stewart. AJ Barner, like guys that we expect to make Miles Hinton, like guys that are could make a, a pretty big impact this year. My thing was much more about I do think Ernest Housen makes an impact this year at, at, for sure. But I think when you see fourth overall transfer in the country, I think people are expecting all conference play from the get go. And I, I, I and again, my thought is I think Michigan believes that Ernest Hausman is going to be a really, really good linebacker. And could, yeah, like but it, it won't all come together this season right away. Right. So I, I, that was sort of what I was going with it. It was not, um, you know, they're super high on him. Right. And he, you could argue he was one of Nebraska's, well, he was, he was one of Nebraska's best defenders last year. I know, like you said, they weren't very good, but their defense was actually decent. I mean, it wasn't bad defense. So, you know, they, they really, got a nice uh, he was a huge addition for them because that was a room that maybe needed a big transfer more than any other room in the in the in the program but a guy that yeah again he'll play a lot this year he's probably starting or close playing close to starter snaps maybe but I'm, I'm not just not anticipating him to walk in like you're looking at some of the other top transfers on this list like he's ranked above Sam Hartman at Notre Dame he's you know Travis Hunter's number one Adonna Mitchell is like, I believe, a preseason, at least all conference, if not all American type receiver for Texas. You know, he's ranked above just probably like six or seven guys that are going to start at quarterback this year for power five programs. So it was it wasn't so much uh, trying to downplay the addition as it was just kind of letting people maybe temper the expectations a little bit, at least as far as like the immediate impact of the addition. Maybe a guy by October, or November is making a huge impact, but just, you know. We'll see, though. Again, could easily turn out that he walks in and is a stud, but just something to kind of keep in mind. And it's not like Michigan doesn't have two returning starters at linebacker. You know, so that's that's the part, too, is like, you know, the vibe I've gotten that he's not going to unseat Michael Barrett in fall camp. You know, it's not uh, we didn't really talk about position battle, but, you know, that was one maybe before fall camp that we were watching. But this is Michael Barrett its job it's at the will spot uh junior colson is going to hold down the mic spot but ernest houseman will rotate in and as you mentioned you know if he performs well in games if he 
continues to grow. You know, I think he's someone that he's, he's, he probably could play an impact role on Michigan if they needed him to right now. And he might just force his way into the conversation by the end of the season. So anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. Be sure to check out other episodes wherever you got this podcast. And be sure to check out all of our written stories over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Lots of fall camp season preview content right now. So be sure to check it all out. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.